to the show. I appreciate you tuning in. You're listening to Vote Your Conscience with Kevin Stola. Before we get started, I just want to let you know we are on Instagram at underscore vote underscore your underscore conscience underscore. And I'll also put in the show notes uh, to my personal social media channels as well. This episode is going to be all about fear and how it's holding us back as a country. Basically, I believe that the fear from both sides is on purpose and they're both trying to convince us that it's so scary that we need to trust them. So either, you know, from the Democrats or from the Republicans. So I believe that, you know, if we don't have that fear, then we would be able to move away from the two-party system and we could move into a multi-party system where there would be more choices for the actual varied views. I don't believe Americans really fall into a simple, you know, two-party system. And, you know, that's shown by, like, on last episodes, we've talked about how uh, it's about 40% of the voting population that identifies as independents. Most of them don't vote as independents. They will end up voting for a Democrat or a Republican. But that's only because they believe that they only have those two options. So... We already went over that on one of the past episodes, how I I think that mainly belief is what is holding us back um, from choosing other candidates other than just in the Democrat or the Republican Party. And basically, it's just because if people don't believe that a third party could ever get elected, why would they even choose, you know, a person from one of those parties when... There's two options if they want one more than the other or they even less or they even like one less than the other one. You know, why wouldn't they vote for one of the two that they know we're going to end up uh, winning in any election? Um, You know, this really goes down to the presidency a lot because that's where most people vote. But it's really in any election, even in the local elections, if you go look at the ballots, I mean... There's barely any independence, um, you know, even at the state level and city levels as well. So, really, I believe that that's part of that fear that is holding us back from having more choices and more varied choices. I know when I talk to people, they don't only have, you know, all the views of a Republican or all the views of a Democrat. So I know that there's a lot of other people in there that aren't being represented. A thing that I hear continuously and from many different people, I mean, lately I've just been seeing, you know, Robert uh, Reich on Twitter a lot. Just he constantly is talking about how, you know, this is the most important history like election the most important election in history or that it could be the last election uh and i keep seeing that um you know mostly from democrats but i do see it as well from republicans saying that either this is the last election because our we're losing our democracy or that it's the most important election in history uh ever since i've been following politics since i was a kid and i couldn't even vote They've been saying that it's the most important election in history, or that it could be. Uh, I haven't been hearing that it was the last election or that we were going to lose our democracy basically up until Trump became president, 
Um, and I don't believe that's true at all. I don't think that there's any threat of Trump becoming, you know, the lifelong president. And even if he did, you know, he's already almost 80 years old. So what would that even mean? You know, how, how long could he be president for if somehow they got rid of the two-term limit that was really only implemented, I believe it was in the 1930s that it was implemented, so it's really only, it's been less than 100 years that it's been two terms uh, for the president. So basically, you know, there are people who are trying to make us so terrified because we could, you know, lose our democracy entirely or our ability to even vote and pick our leaders. Um, I don't really think that we're anywhere near that. And I think that we've already lost that ability to some extent as well. It's just in a different direction. What I mean by that is that we always do get a choice, but most people are pushed into making a choice for one or the other in most of the elections. And that's for president, that's for uh, Congress members in the Senate or the House, and that's even for people in the state senates and in your local counties and in the cities um, where the Democrat and the Republican Party, they actually fund these local elections as well. So, you know, they have so much more monetary power than any of the other parties. So they actually push those down even into the local levels. And, you know, it does make a difference whether or not you have a sign on 500 street corners or on 50 street corners. So, you know, even a few thousand dollars can really impact that in local elections. Um, and basically what I want to see happen is the Democrat, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party losing some of that power because I don't really believe most people even fit into uh, one or the other of these parties. And I think the way that they've pushed everybody into joining, I mean, not joining as actual members, but at least voting for and supporting these parties, especially so rapidly, um, is basically just that fear. And both of those parties keep pushing that, that you have to vote for one or the other because you're making a historic decision. If this happens, if the Democrat gets elected, you know, that's the end. America's ruined. If the Republican gets elected, the same exact thing. It's destroyed. It's the last election. Democracy's gone. Uh, and they keep saying that in both, you know, from both parties. And this is almost certainly not true if you just look back at American history. I mean, we've we've been through a lot of hard times, so... You know, we might be having a lot of problems currently, uh, but I think that they're being exacerbated a lot, especially by media, of course. Um, and one of the main problems with that is that we get to see so much. So the media is able to push so much fear onto us because we're able to receive it any time, especially at times when we're vulnerable. So there might have been... You know, there's there's advantages and disadvantages to the way that we're consuming media because 
we had media 100 years ago, you know, there was newspapers, and then by the 1940s, 1950s, 1960s, you know, there was um, television, radio, but there was only news on, you know, part of the day. There wasn't just endless streaming of news. So, Basically, the difference for today is that you can find any endless anguish throughout the entire world, not just in our country, but also uh, in America as well. I mean, you can just hear about all sorts of stories of any random murder throughout, you know, the entire country. Uh, Back 100 years ago, you wouldn't even hear about most things that happened, you know, outside of your local area if you turned on the radio. And, you know, on the the nightly news or whatever for the nation, they would only go over, you know, certain topics. So you wouldn't hear everything. And now every event that happens, uh, it makes it seem like it's just constant everywhere. And that's because it is. There's 330 million people in the country. Uh, and in the world, there's, I, th- I think that we crossed the 8 billion line. So... There is always some horrible shit going on at any point in time during the day, uh, all day, too. Um, You know, if one side of the planet's sleeping, the other side's awake. So uh, there's always horrible stuff going on. There's always been war just happening on the whole planet. People just didn't hear about it in their daily lives. Now you can hear about it all day, every day. If you want to, you can become obsessed with it and just watch horrible stories, images from war, you know, all day rapes and murders and theft. And uh, some people do and they get freaked out and they barely even want to leave their house. So that's not a healthy way to live, obviously. And that's at the very extreme spectrum. But the news and the people who are in control of the media they're happy to have you living in a, you know, semi-stressed-out state because they get to make the bigger decisions then. If we're in a stressed state, it's really difficult for us to make good decisions, and those good decisions might be to become the next leaders. So to become leaders in our own right and as individuals and not allow others to lead our lives. So you know, listening to the media, listening to whoever you like in the media too. I'm not just saying, you know, one side or the other. All sides do this. And even if they're not trying to, you know, if I'm not trying to control you, which is not my goal with this podcast is to control people's minds or make them think a certain way. I just want to add my voice to the overall conversation as well. But Even with someone with good intentions, if they have a big following, people get attached to that. What my goal is, is to help people stop being attached to one person, one ideology, one party, one team. We need to make decisions for ourselves. And the same thing, this is why our politics is so divided, is because people on one side or the other They believe that there's only one side or the other. So they're completely against, you know, if they're a liberal, they're completely against conservatives and the conservatives are completely against the liberals. Uh, I believe the only reason for that is all the fear that's being pushed. And it's because we're shown, 
you know, and compared in groups instead of as individuals. And when you go and you talk to an actual individual, they, you know, are likely more rational than what you think when you get down to it. Uh, Some people have a really hard time talking about any issues because they get so emotional about them. That's normally because they're so caring, actually, that they can't handle that the world is as horrifying as it is. So, you know, on a daily basis where I live, it's really nice. If you go outside, there's a, it's very likely that you're not going to see robbing or theft or murder or anything. Um, very rare in the area that I am, that I'm in, that I live in. So... Basically, you know, people aren't able to handle how much pain is in the world, especially the people who live in nice areas because they don't understand the violence and the actual stress and struggle of the people living in the other areas so they can't understand why it's happening. That makes them choose whatever side they think is going to offer a solution to that problem. Uh, Neither side has a solution to these problems of gang violence, random rapes, school shootings, war. I mean, these are things that have been going on for a very long time. The school shooting thing seems pretty new, um, you know, and it does seem like it happens in America a lot more than other places, but it does happen in other places, and there's always been, you know, random violence throughout all of history. So there may not have been school shootings, you know, back when it was Native Americans here, but there was random raiding parties that came and killed entire villages. So there was always a threat of danger. We just didn't hear about it, you know, on a daily basis. The Europeans living over in Europe in, you know, 1200, weren't hearing of stories of raiding parties from Native Americans. So they didn't have to concern themselves with that. In fact, they couldn't concern themselves with that because they would have no way of knowing about that. Um, and even after there were Europeans in the Americas here, you would have to wait months for information to travel between the continents. So you would only be hearing news about something that's already happened months ago. Uh, Now you hear about things instantaneously. So one of the main things that's going on right now, obviously, is the Israeli and Palestinian conflict. And right now, the whole world is apparently focused on this, at least in America. I'm not in other countries. I don't take in uh, news from European countries or China or, you know, any of the other countries in the world. So um, I mostly just hear the news that comes through in English. I mean, I do hear news that comes through England, uh, you know, frequently as well, like on BBC. But my entire point is, if there was a conflict going on in the Middle East somewhere, and I was a Native American hundreds of years ago, I wouldn't even know that that's a thing that's happening. I would be concerned with what's happening right around me. And 
you know, this is how the fear is perpetuated through our media because they can use all of the conflicts over the entire world to terrify us and make us think the world is coming to an end. Uh, we have made the world a lot more dangerous with, you know, the invention of nuclear weapons, intercontinental ballistic missiles and fighter jets and, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. But since the first atomic bombs were dropped, there has been no more used in a war. So, you know, I have pretty good faith that that won't be happening anytime soon. Uh, I mean, you can never count that out as an impossibility. But it does seem like there's been many reasons that uh, countries would want to use them. I mean, obviously, it's a very easy you know, solution to your war problem if you can win uh, at it and wipe out another country that's your enemy. But through all those years that countries have had the ability to use atomic weapons, it only has been done by the United States. And ever since that power was shown and other countries have gained the ability uh, to also develop nuclear weapons, it hasn't happened again. And that's been over a pretty long period of time. I mean, it's been 80 years now. So I would say that's a pretty good run of success of us not destroying ourselves for people to freak out and think that World War III is going to happen any minute with nuclear weapons. Um, I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I don't think that the more people that are fearful of this happening is going to prevent it. So the more scared people are that Russia or China or, you know, the United States would get into a nuclear conflict with one another or any other nuclear-capable uh, countries, uh, I don't think us being scared about it w is going to prevent it or, you know, make it better. So the main thing and the main point of this episode that I'm trying to make is if we can calm down, we can start using logic and reason to actually, you know, try to make this world a better place rather than freaking out on each other because of all of the fear and being scared that Donald Trump's going to be president forever because he's going to become an authoritarian dictator or that Joe Biden is going to let all of the illegal immigrants in and they're going to get citizenship and vote for Democrats and it's going to be you know, Democrats forever, so we have to vote Republican against them, otherwise this will never stop. And they just keep promoting these things on both sides. And I don't think it's one way or the other. I think that we have the power to get out of this system whenever we want. Um, people are afraid because they rely on the system. People are afraid because you know, they like the system we're in and they don't want it to change. People are afraid because they hate the system that we're in, but the one that they think either the Democrat or the Republican president is going to take us to is going to be even worse than this one. So it's basically just fear on every side, every topic, you know, over every issue and uh, ideology people are just running on fear if we can start running on you know information logic caring for each other and come to some conclusions we can help each other out 
even if we have differing opinions on a lot of different issues, we can work on the ones that we do agree on. That can't happen when it's Democrats versus Republicans all the time. The people who think that they're the elites, they have been just spitting in our faces, believing that they can control us, that they can control this world and decide how it goes. They don't actually have that power. They only have the power that we give them. People believe in it so strongly, they argue with me about it online all the time. The only way that rulers have power is when their followers or their subjects or whatever you want to call them give them that power. No matter what system you're in, communism or socialism or capitalism or democracy or a monarchy, if everyone in that kingdom or country rises up against the leader, they have no power. They are just one individual. So I don't believe that we will ever unite 100% of the population in America and overthrow this government, you know, in a nice peaceful way. But I do believe that we can change it to a much better system. And I believe that the framework of our system is good. I think the framework of our republic and our democratic elections is actually good. But it's been taken over basically by fear, using fear, from the people that view themselves as the elite and that think they know better than you and me about how the entire world should function. And using that logic... They don't care how many people get hurt. They don't care what happens to you. They don't care what happens to me. They don't care what happens to entire cities as long as they believe that they are moving the world in the direction that they think is right. And that's how we get all these conflicts. There are people who have basically everything that, you know, any human could desire, at least materially. Of course, that doesn't you know, help people with their psychological problems, but I'm talking about the people that are in power right now in different positions of power, whether that's a corporation or the top of a government, and they're willing to start wars, destroy villages, destroy cities, just destroy people's lives. They don't care because they all have a vision, and they have their own vision, and it competes with other leaders' visions. Then they go to war about it, and they don't care what happens. And it doesn't have to be a physical war where there's actually, you know, fighting, which a lot of them do turn into that, but all sorts of different tools that they use that messes with whatever they consider their enemy is, and it demolishes regular people's lives that don't have any part in these conflicts. So the only reason that the overall population, as I see it, allows this to even happen is out of fear. I mean, people want to live their lives, you know, they want to raise their kids, they want to play video games, they want to go out and see a concert, they want, you know, they just want regular nice things, they want to have good food. But these people don't care about any of that. They only care about controlling the world to try to push towards their vision. So 
That is why they will constantly try to keep us scared. And when we're scared, we can't stop their plans. They just steamroll us. Especially if they can divide us, you know, along party lines, along race lines, along gender lines. They will use whatever, you know, whatever works. And they will study what works too. You know, just like... uh, Casinos and medical research teams try to figure out how they can, you know, make the right pill to sell you or the casinos try to figure out how to get you to keep putting more money in those slot machines or play more at the poker table or whatever they're doing. Uh, They do study you for that. Um, You know, as as a business owner myself, I mean, I research marketing as well and uh you have to believe they have entire marketing teams trying to figure out how they can control us. And politics is no different with that. So they have come up with plans that make us want to fight each other, you know, along these party lines. And that pushes everybody into these two parties, which makes it way easier to control. If we had seven dominant parties or 10 dominant parties in the U.S., you know, that we're all competing for 3 to 20% of the, uh, you know, vote in any of these races, they would have no way of controlling us. Or at least it would be way more difficult. I mean, they couldn't manipulate one side, you know, with only one viewpoint and then the other side with another viewpoint. So because there would be so many different parties, they would have to figure out how to get us all to, you know, push towards one one side of any issue um, so that the politicians that are in Washington or in your, you know, state Congress would be able to pass these bills that no American wants. And I mean, it's not no Americans, you know, that's obviously hyperbole, but I mean, things like 80%, 90% of Americans don't want a lot of these bills passed or the bills that people from both sides want things that are in them, but they hate other things that are in them. They try to tell you that this is compromising Congress, but these giant conglomerated bills, almost no Americans want to see this happen. I mean, there are things that people just hate in these, and I mean, I I hate them endlessly because basically the government spending is just all sorts of subsidies and grants and and the government basically choosing what businesses are going to get all this extra money. And uh, I don't, I believe in the free market and I believe that that corrupts the free market. But if you believe something different, it doesn't really matter because in those bills, there's a whole bunch of things to, you know, keep the free market open as well. So if you're against the free market and you want to see a more controlled market by the government, they're not going to let that happen either. So they're going to make both of these things happen for you in the worst way. And that's why they work together on those. And it's because it's just the two parties. If there was 10 parties, they would never be able to get these bills passed because they need half of the Senate and half of the House to agree on these things. And if there was 10 parties, they would never agree on any of these things. Because they would know that the people voting for them are not going to be okay with it and they won't be elected next time. When there's only two choices, though, 
and you're scared that that bill could be even worse. It could be even worse in your favor. That corporation that you hate could get even more billions of dollars. Or, you know, that program that you love, it could be even less funded than you already think it is. So, with the two parties, though, you always see, you know, how quickly some of these bills get passed. Some of them, you know, Medicare for All, stuff like that, It, you know, I mean, they won't even, you know, put it on the, you know, run it through the house or anything because um, they know it won't get passed because no one, no one wants that. And I'm not particularly for that. The only reason that I would be for that currently is because our current state of the medical system is already so controlled and manipulated that that might be better than what we have now. Uh, but I would prefer still a free market even in medicine. Um, but either way, they won't do it one way or the other, uh, like what you may want or what I may want. Uh, they want it partially controlled so that they can exploit as much as possible so that these companies can get money from the government and they can extract it through the free market where they're actually protected by the government from other people entering it so they can't compete with them. So they actually have it both ways right now. And that's basically how I, I want it to change. I want to see some change from there. And I don't think that we will see any of this change if people are so terrified. And that's what I keep seeing. When people have these reactions where they're screaming at each other, I mean, you can't even talk about a topic. If you can't talk about healthcare without freaking out on somebody, you are in a perpetual state of fear about this topic. That is not how you come to good conclusions about what needs to be done about this. We need to get out of that state, and then I believe we can really start working on the actual issues that we all care about. Issues like reducing poverty, homelessness, violence, and other things like increasing wealth for the black community, increasing access to proper education, increasing you know, housing for the homeless. And we're not going to be able to do that with the way that our system is now where the government has so much control, but they will never actually push the funds or the efforts right where they need to be. They're so close all the time. You know, they try to push some welfare. They try to push some money at, you know, the homeless people, or they try to you know, come up with some new sol solution for, like, violence in the inner cities or something. But they never do enough. They're, they're, they're always on the precipice of trying to help the problem. And they, they never go all in. But when there's a problem with massive corporations, for some reason, bipartisan bill passed within weeks to give away billions of dollars. So... I think that the only way that they can make that happen is by keeping us all fearful of them, keeping the two parties in power, and them continuously running the country like this. I mean, there there is not much change. It's, you know, over my entire lifetime. The main changes have just been that the government has gotten way more power and the corporations have gotten way, way more power. So... 
What I want to see is the power to fall back into the hands of the people. The only way that we can get power back in the hands of the people is by people not being so scared. I get that it's hard, but we have to stand up to, you know, the corporations. We have to stand up to the government and not let them control our lives. So, you know, that's all I really have for today. Um, My main goal for this episode would just be to, you know, tell people to take a step back and just relax. You know, everything's not just a crazy catastrophe. There may be catastrophes going on in the world. And if one's happening near you, then you can freak out, which still will likely not help you in that situation. Staying calm probably, you know, will still help you out. But, you know, just taking a step back when you're thinking about any of these issues and what any side of the political spectrum, you know, whatever they're doing and realizing we've been through a ton in this country. We've been through a ton in the world. History has been brutal. It's not going to just stop. I mean, we're, we're not going to just achieve peace randomly one day. That's not how it's going to happen. Uh, it's definitely not going to happen if we're all stressed out, screaming about all sorts of things at each other, um, like seems to be happening a lot. So basically, I just want everyone to take a step back, you know, take a breath, realize that most of us are going to be okay at least and you know the best way to come to conclusions on this is going to be to take a long-term view and try to figure this thing out rather than saying that every election is the most you know historic the most important there won't be any more elections if it goes one way or the other uh let's just realize we're we're gonna have some more chances here and we need to just take it easy try to figure it out with one another and I'll leave you the same way that I leave you every episode with a message of unity so if you're out talking to you know anyone else about any of these issues maybe friends family and they have opposing views to you just try to have some compassion and realize that most likely what they want is the same thing that you want which is everyone they know, their friends, their family, and the community to have better lives, you know, more prosperous, more safe environments for everyone they know. And on top of that, remember to always vote your conscience.